With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Mid-American Bandwagon podcast, episode 36. Uh, As always, I am your co-host, Zach Folidor, guiding this ship alongside uh, my fellow host, Sam Thillman. Sam, it's a beautiful time of the year to be a basketball fan. We've got conference tournaments. We've got the NCAA tournament next week. How are things going in Indiana? Uh, Great. As you mentioned, great time, great weather here in Muncie. I don't know if the same's in Pennsylvania, but yeah. Great, great month of the year, as as the saying goes, uh, college basketball owns March. So, yeah, it's a great time to, to be a Hoops fan. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, uh, yeah, it's warmed up here in, in Pittsburgh as well. We're in, like, it was like 65 here today, which I could definitely get used to that after uh, after the winter that we've had. Let's jump right into it here, Sam. We got uh, the, the women's basketball tournament. Uh, the MAC tournament starts uh, Wednesday the 10th. Uh, the, the men's tournament starts the day after on Thursday the 11th the brackets were just announced here this past weekend on saturday and sunday what do you say real quick for our uh for our listeners let's just run down these first round matchups real quick just give them the 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 seeds and the matchups real quick just to give them a breakdown of who's playing who and then we can kind of dive into each game a little bit why don't we start here on the men's side Okay, that sounds good. So starting off with game one, we have the one in eight seed teams. We have number one Toledo versus number eight Ball State. That is reporting 11 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus if you're curious to tune in. Game two is number four seed Kent State versus number five Ohio. Time to be announced uh, also on ESPN Plus. Game three, number two Buffalo versus number seven Miami. Uh, time to be announced as well, ESPN Plus as well. And then game four for uh, last men's quarterfinal, number three, Akron, taking on number six, Bowling Green, in the rivalry mashup. Time to be announced as well, also on ESPN Plus. Yeah, certainly some great matchups there on the men's side. And, and we'll break the, those down here in a little bit more depth in a couple minutes. Uh, to give you the, the initial matchups on the women's side of the fence here, uh, these games are kicking off uh, tomorrow, which is Wednesday the 10th. Uh, your first game of the day and the first game of the tournament got the number one seed Bowling Green taking on eight seed Eastern Michigan at 11. Uh, the game two going to be number four seed Buffalo and number five seed Kent State. Uh, that game will tip about 30 minutes after uh, the Bowling Green Eastern Michigan game ends. And then in the evening session tomorrow night, got number two Central Michigan taking on number seven Northern Illinois and number three Ohio taking on number six Ball State. So Sam, uh, so many good matchups here on on both sides of the fence. Why don't we uh, Why don't we start on the men's uh, the men's bracket this week? Talk a little bit about some of these matchups a little bit more in depth. Obviously, that first game, uh, your alma mater in there, Ball State sneaks in as the eight seed. They're taking on Toledo. Now, we remember both the matchups from from when these two teams played earlier this year, back in the beginning of February. Ball State gave them their first uh, first conference loss of the season. Toledo repaid the favor here this past Saturday with an 89 to 70 win in Toledo. Um, as a as a Cardinal, as a Ball State student, as a Cardinals fan, your first glance at this game. What what are your initial thoughts here? Uh, I think this is the best 1A matchup we could really hope for out of uh, the tournament, whether it's Western Michigan or Ball State with Ohio's COVID problems. I'm I'm really excited for this matchup. Ball State's proven that they can hang with Toledo and not only hang with Toledo, actually beat them in their first matchup. Second matchup, I was watching that game. It got a little lopsided over the past like three minutes. And it was pretty much neck and neck until the last three minutes and just Toledo ran away with it. So Ball State's proven that they they can hang with Toledo. I'm really excited for this matchup. Yeah, so am I. I think this is going to be a, a good one. And I think the I, I think the matchup that I'm going to be watching in this game is it's going to be the, the three-point shooting of Toledo versus the three-point defense of, of Ball State. You look at Toledo, 
They lead the MAC in terms of three-point field goal percentage, 38.4% from the field. Ball State, though, is actually third in the conference in terms of defending the three. They only give up about 30%. Uh, from three-point land. When you look at the the first matchup between these two teams back in uh, back in February, when when Ball State won, Ball State really shut down Toledo's offense in this game more so than any other team really has uh, over the course of the season. Held Toledo to 67 points overall. Toledo in that game was seven for 32 from three-point land. That's 22 percent. Obviously, that's well below their season average, and I wouldn't expect the Cardinals to be able to do it to that extent again. But I think if Ball State is going to have a chance in this game, they got to get some stops on defense. Yeah, I agree. And I think the matchup I'm looking forward to most is the play down low between uh, Shoemate and Brock and Hazen because that first matchup, Toledo couldn't there hit their shots. Shoemate wasn't really involved. And in that second matchup, they kind of learned from their mistakes they hit their shots, but Shumay was getting involved. He was heavy on the boards. He was just dominating Hazen inside. So, yes, Toledo has their outside shot going, but as you mentioned, Ball State is one of the best three-point defenses in the MAC. so they might have to depend on Shumay. And if he can do what he did in their uh, second matchup, Toledo might have their way with Ball State. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and I think the, the rebounding battle is going to be another important one in this game. You mentioned, you know, Toledo – uh, for, all, for all of their strengths, rebounding is not always one of them. They sometimes can get bullied on the glass. Now, Ball State's not the strongest rebounding team either, but you know they only average 36 and a half rebounds a game. In this first matchup, though, Ball State, 50 rebounds in this game. That was their season high. They out-rebounded the Rockets 50 to 39. So I think defense and rebounding is obviously going to be a big part of this for Ball State. But then the the other thing, the other aspect of this from Ball State is you, you got to score, right? You have to score. Your your main offensive players have to show up in this game. Ish Elamine has to show up. Jerron Coleman has to show up. I mean, these are the guys that really make your offense run. So I think, you know, if Ball State wants to have a chance in this game, typical of an eight seed taking on a one seed, things kind of got to go their way. They got to play good defense. They got to rebound the ball. And they, their their best players have to show up on offense. I know that's a lot of ifs, um, but you know if, if Ball State wants a chance in this game, I think that's what they're going to have to do. We saw the blueprint the first time these two teams played. Going to be curious to see if Ball State can kind of recreate that. I agree. And before we move on to the next matchup for Toledo's, I think it, their success has been doing what they all always do. Their recipe has, has success has is what they've been following throughout this season. Why they they're the number one seed. Why why they're the best in the conference. Just continue to hit your shots. Uh, definitely rebound the ball because, again, Ball State's undersized compared to the rest of the MAC teams. So you can definitely hit them where it hurts there. And, yeah, you just have to rely on your, your shooters to continue what you're doing. And I, I think I think Toledo can go either way. Like their first matchup, they hit all they, – where they don't hit their shots and they kind of lose their game, but they can also win by 30 with their shots. So it all depends on how the shot's going for Toledo, but – I think if you're a Rockets fan, you got to be pretty confident in this team. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. And, you know, you even you look at how these two teams are trending. Toledo uh, finished the year on a relative low note. That, that's but even that is, you know, there's an asterisk there, because when I say that, you know, they, they went they finished four and three after winning 11 of their first 12 conference games. So certainly not playing as well as they were, but still uh, the best team in the conference to me. Ball State, on the other hand, you know, this is a team that won three of their last four. Uh, they lost their most recent game to Toledo. But before that, you know, you put up 100 against Eastern Michigan, 97 versus Central Michigan, 90 versus Kent State. You know, this is a team that seems to be hitting their stride a little bit offensively. And, uh, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan, I think you, you're, you're kind of hoping and praying that that carries over uh, to, uh, to Thursday afternoon in Cleveland for the Cardinals. So that'll be your first game uh, of the day on Thursday on the men's side, Toledo taking on ball state in our second matchup on Thursday afternoon, Sam, uh, let's take a look at, uh, at Kent, Ohio here. Um, these two teams only met once this season, but these are two teams, you know, as evidenced by being the four and the five seed, I, I feel like there's a not too much that separates these two teams. Yeah, I think they're really two balanced teams. There's teams that you have your main guys and there's Kent State and uh, Ohio. Obviously, with Kent State, you have Danny Pippen, but there's a nice surrounding cast against them. And for Ohio, 
What I like about them is how balanced they are. They have so many different weapons, not necessarily dangerous three-point shooters, but just all-around players from Vanderplas to Wilson to Roderick to Preston to Mark Sears coming off the bench freshman to McMurray. I just I just really like this team. I really like what Ohio's doing. They did have a really bad last game of the season, but I, I wouldn't hold that against them. I really like I, I really like Ohio's um I, I really like Ohio as a team. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. They they do seem to be one of the more um, more balanced teams in the conference. I mean, you look at just from a points per game standpoint, this is a team that has five guys that are averaging double digit points a game. So you got, you know, five and then Mark Sears is your sixth man. He's averaging 9.3. So basically six guys that can all get you a bucket whenever they need to, uh, they need to. I think the, the key to this game for me is going to be, uh, Dwight Wilson and and Ben Vanderplas underneath being able to match up versus the bigs from Kent State with you know with with Danny Pippen and Travell Beck. I mean Danny Pippen 8.7 rebounds a game. Um, you know Dwight Wilson and Vanderplas they're going to have their hands full underneath the basket here. The only reason I say that is that when you look at the the one meeting that these two teams had this year back on January 16th, Kent went to Athens and beat the Bobcats 89 to 79 at Ohio. Kent State won the rebounding battle that day, 45 to 21. And if Ohio wants to have a chance in this game, you cannot get out rebounded like that. I mean, Kent State in this game had 14 offensive rebounds alone. They almost grabbed more offensive rebounds than Ohio did just rebounds as a team. So if, you know, if, if I want to be serious about winning this game and, and, you know, advancing in the conference tournament, like Ohio thinks they can, you got to do better on the glass. You got to do better on defense. I mean, you allowed Kent state to shoot 57% from the field in this first matchup. Those are two things that you really got to clean up if you're Ohio. I think the main thing for Ohio to win this game is to stop Danny Pippen. And that's really it. When I look at their loss, uh, at Ball State, two of 12, six points. When I look at Akron, he shot six of 20, had 17 points, but a ridiculous, um, a, a pretty terrible uh, field goal percentage. A game against Akron, he shot four of 12, 16 points. Uh, the UVA game where they barely lost five of 16, 13 points. So besides the game where he put up 34 in that ridiculous loss to Toledo by two, it seems like the key is when Danny Pippen really struggles Kent State, more likely than not, doesn't win the game. So if you can force Danny Pippen to be uncomfortable like Ball State did, I think that's a clear path to success where I don't think you can really do that for Ohio. Jason Preston is comfortable shooting 10 points a game. Uh, uh, Vanderplas can shoot anywhere from 10 to 15. So Ohio, you're you're going to have to, or for Kent State, you're really going to have to follow what Kent State, or not Kent State, Buffalo did in their uh, last matchup. But for um, Ohio, I think the the, the clear um, storyline is to stop Danny Pippen. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you make there, Sam. And, you know, Danny Pippen is, is so good at so many things that, you know, Kent State relies on him to do a lot. And I think that's why, you know, if I'm Kent State in this game, I really, I need Mike Nuga and Turvell Beck to really step up. I mean, Danny Pippen leads this team with 19.3 points a game, but Mike Nuga is right there with 17.8. Turvell Beck only at 11.4, but he can still step in and get you a bucket when you need to. So I think I agree with you completely. I think, uh, you know, Ohio's coaching staff realizes the importance of having to shut down Danny Pippen. So if I'm Kent state uh, and I'm Rob Senderoff, you know, I got to get some of these other guys involved, whether it be, like I said, Nuga and Terrell Beck or Malik Jacobs, Giovanni Santiago, you know, there are other guys on this team that have stepped up throughout the course of the season. But at this point now, when you're in a conference tournament, it's winner go home. That brings it up a whole other level. So I think, I think your point is well taken, Sam, that I think if I'm Ohio, my defensive game plan is centered around Danny Pippen. And if I'm on, if I'm Kent state's coaching staff, my offensive game plan is to make sure we get other guys involved. I I agree completely. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. So um, looking at these two teams here, um, Ohio, like you mentioned, Sam, uh, they, they came back after a long COVID pause uh, their most recent game, they played uh, Buffalo at home last weekend, and uh, that did not end well for the Bobcats with, with the Bulls pulling out a 20-point victory, 86-66 to 66 there. Ohio, like I mentioned, 
uh, did have a long uh, COVID pause where they uh, before they came back here and, and played a couple games over the last few weeks. And then Kent State coming into this one here, um, their most recent uh, game was also against Buffalo, which they also lost 81 to 67 at uh, Buffalo last week. So two teams coming into this game off of a loss, looking to get things turned around in a hurry. They want to advance in Cleveland into the semifinals uh, of the of the conference tournament. Let's move down uh, to our next game here, Sam, the, the three or I'm sorry, the two seven game. Uh, one team I just mentioned a couple times, maybe the hottest team in the conference right now, uh, Buffalo. They certainly uh, have finished the season well. They've won their last five and eight and one in their last nine are the Bulls. Uh, they've moved up all the way to the second seed. They're going to take on Miami, uh, the seventh seed in our third game on Thursday. Man, what a, what a season for Buffalo. The ups and downs that they had earlier in the season to finish on such a really high note. Uh, even um, you got wins over Ohio, you got wins against Akron, you got wins against Kent State, all in the MAC tournament. So you definitely have to be proud of yourself. And I, I, I said it earlier in the season, I think this Buffalo team, before they were hot, is a team worthy enough to potentially win this MAC tournament. Why don't have them winning it? This is a team not to. Um, be shy about at all if you're Miami uh, Redhawks. And another thing playing into it, last year's upset 5-12 that Buffalo yeah. uh, ended up losing in the first round before the COVID pause. So, man, you got a lot of playing for you if Buffalo, a, a lot to lose. But, hey, you've got some momentum hanging into this game, not only from this season, but last season. Yeah, this, this is a fun one to watch. Well, Miami, I'm just really not buying into this team. Personally, Zach, I've seen it at times where their offense is just shooting blanks, it seems like. Yeah, I, I don't know if they can continue to get it going against this uh, tough Buffalo defense with uh, Josh and Ball inside and all their great defenders on the outside. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Sam. And I, I actually um, – that's a great point you made about Miami upsetting Buffalo in the conference tournament last year. I, I had forgotten about that, and but I, I certainly think the Bulls will have that on their mind as, as uh, they come into this matchup on Thursday. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Sam. As, as I look at this game, you know, all of the numbers and all of the trends seem to point towards the bull, the Bulls for me. Miami is playing well right now. They've won four of their last five with all four of those wins being on the road. So, you know, there's a, that includes a victory at Bowling Green, um, at Northern Illinois. So some of those, you know, Northern Illinois, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, you know, three teams at the bottom of the conference. But that win at Bowling Green is a very nice win. But, uh, but in terms of looking at this matchup itself, I mean, like you said, Miami offensively, they, they just struggle, man. They're ninth in the conference in points per game, eighth in field goal percentage. The one thing that they do seem to excel at on offense is shooting the three. They're second in the conference with 37, just under 37% from three-point land. The only issue with that in this game is that Buffalo leads the league in three-point percentage defense. So it seems like that one strength that Miami has – you know, um, Buffalo is going to be able to take that away. And you just look at the box score from the two times these two teams played earlier this season, 90 to 62 uh, Buffalo beat the Red Hawks in their first meeting back in December. And then a few weeks back on uh, February 6th, Buffalo went down to Oxford and beat them 88 to 64. And, you know, both of those games, you know, Buffalo out rebounds, you know, the, the Red Hawks 42 to 31 in one of them. And, you know, 49 to 30 in the other, they dominate them underneath, you know, Miami's offense really, I mean, you got, you got day, day grant, you got Mikhail Larry and you got uh, Delonte Brown and that's really all you have. And, and Buffalo's done a good job of shutting them down the first two times around. So unfortunately, if I'm a Miami fan, I, I don't know what their path to success is in this game. And I think I see this one kind of playing out similarly to the first two meetings. The only thing Miami, Ohio has going for them based on their two previous matchups is the fact that being a college basketball fan and a sports fan in general, you know it's hard to beat a, a sports team not once, not twice, but three yeah. times in a row. And that's what you really have going for you if you're Miami, Ohio, because the two matchups you already played, as you mentioned, 
weren't pretty. You basically scored the amount of same. You basically allowed the amount of same. You just weren't flat out good against Buffalo. So I think if you're a Red Hawks fan, you have that looking forward to because who knows, it's conference tournament time. Hey, I just saw um, Miami upset Pittsburgh in the conference tournament. So any, yeah. anything's possible come uh, Mac tourney time. So yeah, you, you, you've got a lot to, a lot to look forward to. Like you said, one, uh, four out of the past five games. Yeah. Uh, Red Hawks have some momentum moving into the tournament. Yeah, they really do. They really do. And you know, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm the Red Hawks, so, you know, I mentioned those three guys on offense that they really rely, rely upon, you know, day, day, Grant, Delonte Brown, Makai Larry, those guys, if, if they want to have any chance of winning this game, those three guys are really going to have to step up in the, you know, in the first, uh, first time these two teams met day, day grant, he's their leading scorer. He only had, you know, four points, two assists. He was only two for four from the field. Makai Larry, only 10 points, three for seven from the field in that game. Um, Delonte Brown with eight points in that game. And then in the second, uh, in the second matchup, Delonte or a day, day grant, excuse me, did have 18 Makai Larry had 12, but still these are, I mean, these guys, they got held well below their season average in both of these games. I think that's a more of a, you know, a testament to, uh, the defense that, that Buffalo can play, but, you know, I think Sam, this is something that we've talked about on the men's side and the women's side where, these teams like Miami in this case, where you're a little bit more predictable on offense, right? You really got, you got three guys where most of your offense is coming from when that happens, you know, when that's the case, that makes you relatively easy to defend. Whereas we have other teams, you know, we talked about ball state, five guys on that team averaging double figures, um, Ohio, five guys on that team averaging double figures that makes you much harder, much more dynamic on offense Miami doesn't have that element. They have, you know, you got three guys here, you know, you're averaging 72 points a game and basically 40 of them are coming from three guys. That's not, that's not a, a path for good offensive basketball. I do agree with you. The one caveat to that big word, I know caveat uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's March time. Well, I've, I've watched so many March Madness tournament where it's just all about getting hot and whether it's one player like Jimmer Fredette scoring 40 or whether yeah. it's uh, these three Miami players scoring 20 apiece and leading Miami to a, to a, uh, to the Mac tournament, anything Mac championship, my bad, anything's possible come March time. So you mentioned the, 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 the bad that um, knowing who your three scores is on a defense is also can be a good thing because you know where your offense runs through. If they're really hot, you have three scores that can score 20 plus a game. So uh, while Buffalo has, I think, the clear statistical advantage in this game, it's March time. Anything can happen. We, I, I think in my bracket, I had last year Buffalo beating Miami, Ohio, and that didn't happen. And I think in that matchup, uh, Buffalo had the, the, the advantage in that one as well. So, hey, anything's possible. I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. Well, this isn't the, the, the matchup I'm looking forward to. We'll talk about this game next. I, this game should be fun to watch. No, I, I agree with you. And, and honestly, you, you are right. You know, March in basketball in these conference tournaments, it's one of those scenarios where, where you can throw stats out the window. You know what I mean? It's all about, like you said, it's all about getting hot and, and peaking at the right time of the season. Um, you mentioned the next matchup here that we're both looking forward to. And this last quarterfinal matchup here, Sam, I honestly, I think this is the most intriguing matchup of the first round. We have Bowling Green, who had that horrendous seven-game losing streak in the middle of the season. Uh, then they come back with four straight wins before losing their, their last uh, regular season game to Miami last week. And then you got on the other side of the fence, uh, another team that we have not really been able to figure out, especially lately, lately here, Sam, and that's the Akron Zips. They, they were looking good. It seemed like they were hitting their stride there at the end of January, beginning of February, but now they've lost their last three games. They come into this game kind of with their, their tail between their legs a little bit, um, sitting at 12 and six, Bowling Green at 10 and eight. This is your, uh, your three, six matchup. If I'm not missed two, four. Yes. Yeah. This is your three, six matchup here. So, um, this is, I think this is going to be a good one, Sam. Yeah, I think so too. I think if you watch 
the last five games of the season, you'd probably be saying that, hey, why isn't Bowling Green third and why isn't Akron six? That's just how the season's been going for both of those teams. Credit to Akron for having the success needed to get the third seed. But hey, you you can't be confident if you're Akron. I think I think the keys to each game reply, relies on the three-point shot. One, Akron as a team, you've got to shoot efficient, high percentage three-point shots that you end up making. And then on Bowling Green, I've said it, I've said it uh, for the past two episodes. I'll say it again. Cade Matheny is where you need to flow through, essentially. You get Justin Turner, you get Daquan Plowden, you have the guys necessary. If you get the three-point shot going with him, your whole offense flows really well, and it makes your offense really unstoppable. I watched in the Ball State game. If they can get it going, they could be anyway from Toledo to Akron to Buffalo to Kent State. It doesn't matter who it is. So for uh, Bowling Green, uh, it's simple. Kate Matheny, three-point shot, and then Akron, you just have to get your three-point shot going, whether it's Ali Ali, whether it's uh, Lauren Christian Jackson, you just have to get it going. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think if I'm if I'm Akron, or I should say if I'm if I'm Bowling Green, my whole game plan here, especially, I, I, I guess I'm talking specifically about defense, my whole game plan here is containing Lauren Christian Jackson, as I think that's what everyone Anytime you're going into a game against Akron, I think that's always going to be the game plan because I think maybe more so than any other team in this conference, Akron goes as Lauren Christian Jackson goes. You know, this is a guy, he's, uh, he leads the conference in scoring. He's up there. I think I want to say he's second in assists right now. He's averaging 21.6 and 6.3 assists per game. You only got one other player on your team averaging double figures, and that's Brian Trimble Jr., who's more of a three-point specialist. So I think on bowling, if I'm bowling green defensively, first and foremost, there's my priority. I'm not going to let Lauren Christian Jackson get going. I know that's easier said than done. And then offensively for Bowling Green, I, I think you're exactly right. You've been saying it for uh, for a couple weeks now, but Caden Matheny hitting his threes and opening up the offense for everyone else makes a world of difference for Bowling Green. I mean, you look last week uh, or two weeks ago now, whenever Bowling Green knocked off Akron in Akron, Caden uh, Matheny, uh, three for six from three-point land in that game, six for 12 overall, 15 points in that game. That allows Justin Turner to to kind of take some of the load off of his shoulders. And when that happens, you see his efficiency go up. He hit almost 50% of his shots in this game and got his 19 points. So I think I agree with you, Sam, like Caden Matheny hitting his threes and spacing the floor for the Falcons makes all the difference in the world for them on offense. Yeah, I agree. And, and another thing, interesting thing I want to watch for in Akron is you mentioned Lauren Christian Jackson, he's going to get his, but I want to watch the supporting cast for Akron, yeah. whether they want the ball or is it just going to be the Lauren Christian Jackson show, which we obviously has gotten them to this point. But I think for them to elevate as a team to even, even if they win uh, the MAC tournament, which I'm not saying they will, it, to to get to the next level of even beating your next opponent, whoever it would be, is definitely developing your supporting cast because it's nice to have one guy you know can put up 20 points, which he's done all season. But it's also nice to have other guys you can depend on when you need to, whether it's Enrique Freeman, Ali, Ali, whatever the case is. You just need them to step up, and and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Lauren Christian Jackson can put up 30, 40 points a game, and they can do just fine without him. But I'm not sure you're gonna have that success against some um, other teams if you if um, if that is the case. No, I, I agree with you, and it's it's a similar conversation to what we had just a minute ago about Miami. You know, you got to be able to spread the ball around and have multiple different options there. I think you know you even you look at Lauren Christian Jackson's, Jackson's stats this year. He's averaging more points per game. He's, last year he was averaging 19.8. This year he's averaging 21.6. But his efficiency has gone down. His shooting percentages have gone down. Last year he hit 46.5% of his shots and 43% of his threes. This year those numbers are down to 41.3% and 34%. I think that can attribute it can be attributed to the fact that his usage rate is so much higher that they're asking him a lot of situations where you know they gotta you know, he's got to bail them out and make a shot at the end of the shot clock or something like that. So I think I agree with you, Sam. I think if Akron wants a chance uh, in the conference tournament here, which they certainly have, they have a chance to make a, make a run here and get to the final on Saturday. It's going to be the supporting class. The supporting cast is going to have to show up. Ryan Trimble has got to be hitting his shots. Enrique Freeman, 
uh, has got to be playing good underneath and, and battling for boards and getting second chance points. And then you got a guy like Ali Ali and Cameron Reese coming off the bench. These are the guys that really need to step up and, and kind of, um, you know, level up a little bit here over these next couple of days. If, if the zips want to have a chance. Yeah. And, um, and uh, Zach, I kind of, we don't have this on the strip, but we, we obviously have our predictions and that's fine. Well, but what's one sleeper team you have? Cause I, I have one in mind, you know, my sleeper team here, I'm actually, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Kent state. I'm going to go with Kent state. I think they're playing well right now. They're five and two in their last seven games. You know, we talked about Danny Pippen and how good he's been all year. This is a first team, all Mac guy, one of the best mid-major players in the country. I think, I don't think Ohio has the, um, the depth underneath the basket to match up with Danny Pippen. And thus, because of that, I do think Kent State wins this game. And I honestly, I'm not going to say I think they'll beat Toledo, but I could see them giving the Rockets all they can handle in a second round game. Not bad. I kind of I have your your opponent, if you want to call it. Sure. I, I, I think it all depends on if, if Ohio is all there. If they have the pieces, whether uh, coming back from COVID and they have all their pieces together, because I've seen what this team can do at full capacity and it's it's dangerous. If, if they were at full capacity all, all season without a Jason Preston getting hurt, I think this would have been an easy top three team. But due to issues everybody's had to deal with, they're sitting here at the five spot. So I think they have a perfect spot to beat Kent State. I think this Toledo team we've seen has has its flaws at time. It's not invincible, unlike earlier in the season. They're kind of on a down path. So even if Toledo ends up being Ball State, I think, I think Ohio can – can match up with uh, Toledo really well. The only matchup I ha- I would be afraid of, it would be Buffalo because they, they have the size to match up with Ohio. You have him ball inside who's going to put up maybe 15 and 10, 20 and 10. And uh, no offense to Ohio's uh, forwards, but they're, they're not in ball of size. They, they don't sure. have the size. So, uh, yeah, I, I do like Kent State. I think they're definitely a sleeper team to watch, but for me, it's got to be Ohio. No, I think that's a good pick too, Sam. I think – Ohio to me is probably like the deepest team in the conference. And so because of that, I I could certainly see them making a run as well. And to be honest with you, I think that Kent Ohio matchup on Thursday is going to be a great game Mm -hmm. to watch. I really do think it is going to be a great game to watch. I think a lot of these games are on the men's side here are going to be good. Let's um, so let's run down through the year, Sam, uh, real quick. Just let me get your thoughts on, you know, we'll give our predictions here. Uh, for these first round matchups and, and, you know, how we feel like the, uh, the rest of this tournament is going to play out. So let's go game by game here, Sam, let's start off with uh, these first round matchups on Thursday. What do you, how do you see Toledo ball state going? As much as I would love to put ball state in any, and if they ended up beating Toledo in that second game, I think Toledo would have just come out firing and just dominate. I think it's going to be a close matchup. Like we've seen, I think Toledo gets it done. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think Toledo gets it done in a close one against Ball State. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Um, Toledo, just the firepower on offense is just, I mean, it's 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 overwhelming at times how well that they can they can shoot the ball. I think that first matchup against Ball State where they shot 22% from three-point land and only scored 67 points was a good effort by Ball State, but I think that had more so to do with Toledo just not hitting their shots that day. I don't know that I can see Ball State shutting them down like that again. I agree with you. I think this is a close game. Ball State's been playing really well on offense lately, um, scoring, you know, over 90 in three of their last four games. So I think Ball State will give them everything they can handle, but I I, I think Toledo wins a high-scoring game here. I'll say Toledo by five or six in this one. How about that uh, the four five matchup there, Sam? Obviously, we we just disagreed on our sleeper teams. Uh, based on that, I, I'm assuming you're going to be going with Ohio here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do Ohio over Kent. Like I said, it just depends who shows up for that Ohio team and if they have their full pieces back together. I, I think this team can really click at the right time. I think Ohio's a little bit deeper in Kent State. I think it's a low-scoring matchup in the end. I think both defenses can get it in, in the opponent's faces a little bit, again in their heads. But I like Ohio in this little bat- battle of Ohio we have going on. Yeah, no, I think uh, this is a tough one to pick. I think this is probably the toughest one to pick for me. I'm, I'm going with Kent State. I just uh, – I can't get over how – 
badly. They dominated Ohio on the boards that first time around 45 to 21. Um, and again, this is a Kent team that's five and two in their last seven Ohio still trying to find themselves a little bit after they had that long COVID pause. And then, um, you know, they, they played a couple games without Jason Preston and Dwight Wilson. So I think uh, they're, you know, still some, some, uh, I don't want to say rust issues, but still, you know, getting back into the swing of things for Ohio after that. So we're going to, that's going to be our disagreement there. I'm going to go with Kent in this, in that one. Um, how about our, uh, our three set, or I'm sorry, our two, seven game. We got uh, Buffalo taking on Miami. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that Buffalo beat them twice in such a dominant fashion. It just, it just gives me bad vibes all around. But I think I have to go with the clear favorite, clear, just statistical favorite. I'm, I'm again, I'm a man of facts and just, uh, just, um, uh, just relying on what I know. And I'm gonna go with Buffalo. I said it. I'll say it again. I think this team could win it all, but I think they could also resort to what they did in the first half of the season and struggle at times. So. I, th- I think Buffalo probably won't win this uh, as much as they did in their two regular season matchups, maybe by double digits or so, but I like Buffalo in this one. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to agree on this one, Sam. I, I just, I don't see a path for Miami to win this game. Buffalo has the edge at every spot and every statistical category. I also, you know, Buffalo to me, they're the hottest team in the conference right now, eight and one in their last nine. We keep talking about, you know, how this is March and and you can throw a lot of the stats out the window and it's about who's playing well uh, at the right time. And I think Buffalo fits that category. You know, they've been blowing teams out here recently, getting good wins over uh, they've, you know, obviously with Miami here and, and, and Kent State and, and Ohio over here over the last couple of weeks with double digit victories over all of them. So I just think the Bulls are really hitting their stride right now. And um, I would not want to be playing them if I was uh, one of the other MAC teams here in Cleveland over the next couple of days. And rounding out the first round here, Sam, we got our three six matchup Akron and Bowling Green, two teams kind of going in separate directions here. What do you think in this one? I think a lot of people are seeing what we're seeing, and I think that Bowling Green's kind of the favorite in this one. Akron fans maybe not want to hear that, but it's the truth. When you look at the matchup, what's been happening over the past few games, it's clearly uh, Bowling Green has the edge. I think Akron, I think we'll play a chip on their shoulder. It's a rivalry matchup. Everybody knows the rivalry matchup between Bowling Green and Akron. Uh, it's one of the, the most heated rivalries in the MAC. I think, I think uh, Bowling Green has the edge. I think Caden Matheny can get it going. I don't think Akron's defense can really stop him. I like Bowling Green on this one. Yeah, I'm with you there, Sam. I think uh, we're both in agreement in this one. This one would be an upset by seeding. You know, Bowling Green's the sixth seed, Akron's the three seed. But these are two teams that are very, very evenly matched. And to be honest, I just have not liked what I've seen from the Zips recently. I mean, uh, they're, you know, they've lost their last three games. The first two of those were by double digits. They lost by 17 at Ohio on a day when the Bobcats did not have Dwight Wilson or, uh, Jason Preston. And then they lose at home 83 71 to this same, this very same Bowling Green team. So I just haven't liked what I've been seeing from the, the zips here over the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to take Bowling Green in this one, uh, to get the victory and move on to the semifinals. So with that, Sam, our semifinals, you have Toledo and Kent. And then Buffalo and Bowling Green, uh, which I also have Buffalo and Bowling Green. I have, or I'm sorry, I have Toledo and Kent. You have Toledo and Ohio. Um, so who, who would you pick in those two matchups there uh, if we're going to be talking about these later rounds? So Ohio, Toledo, and Bowling Green, Buffalo. Who, who would you go with in those matchups? I'll start with the Bowling Green, Buffalo game. Uh, this is two of the hottest teams I have going at it. I like this matchup. I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo is a lot more deeper than Bowling Green. But at times I want to I want to I want to pick Buffalo, but something just speaks to me that Bowling Green is just getting hot at the right time. They're finding what they need to do. I think Matheny, like uh, many Marsh Madness people, is a three point shooter. You don't want to defend against. I think he gets hot at the right time. I think they went in a close matchup, potentially overtime. But I like uh, Bowling Green over Buffalo in this one. Yeah, this is a tough one to call here, um, and we're, we're in agreement on this matchup. But I think when I look at this, I just, again, I look at how well uh, Buffalo has played over the last month. And not that Bowling Green hasn't turned it around. I mean, they're 4-1 and one in their last five as well. But Bull- Buffalo is just blowing people out right now. I think Josh Mbala 
Um, Bowling Green will not have an answer for him underneath. Daquan Plowden is very good, but Josh Mbala is on another level, I think, when it comes to big men in this conference. Um, so I, I, I don't see Bowling Green being able to slow down Buffalo with how well Buffalo is playing. So I think I would go with Buffalo in this matchup, but I fully acknowledge this one could go either way, especially if, if Bowling Green plays up to their potential with how they've, uh, you know, with, with the amount of talent they have on their team. So, um, so I'm going to go with Buffalo for my first finalist, uh, Sam, you're going to go with Bowling Green. And then what about in this other game? You had Ohio and Toledo in your other semifinal. Uh, yeah, this might bite me uh, later. This Ohio may lose to Kent State in the first round, and it just all go down to crap, essentially. But I'm riding with Ohio. I, I said again, I'm not going to bet on against them. I'm not going to say I'm going to bet on them to win the tournament. But I will say, I like Ohio. They're the deepest team. Something about Toledo and just watching their football team crumble and just disappoint just doesn't make me want to buy into their basketball team. Toledo could very well win by 20-plus in every single matchup, but they could also do what they did in the past six games, and that's disappointing. I, I'm going to ride with Ohio in this one. It's going to be Ohio-BG uh, matchup for me. Nice, and that that's uh... – this is a tough one here. I, I obviously I had Kent beaten Ohio in the first round, but uh, this is going to be a tough matchup for Toledo, no matter who they play. Um, both of these teams gave Toledo problems this year. Uh, neither of them were able to pick up a victory, but I think Toledo their I mean, their the talent that they have, I think is going to at least get them to the championship game here with, with Marion Jackson and everyone else that they have, you know, Shemate and uh, Ryan Reynolds, this whole, this whole, this whole team top to bottom. They've consistently been the the best team in the conference all year. And while I think Danny Pippen and uh, and the rest of the team on Kent State there can certainly give them problems, I, I still think Toledo's overwhelming talent with Marion Jackson and Cedric Milner and Spencer Littleson. I'll forget, how could I forget three, the three-point shooter Spencer Littleson? I think they'll get to the final. Um, and then that'll set up uh, a really good game on, on Saturday. In my eyes here, I have Toledo versus Buffalo. Sam, you have Toledo versus BG. The battle for I-75 for the conference championship and a spot I in the I have Ohio NCAA versus tournament. BG. You're right. You do have Ohio versus BG. I will uh, – I will. you're right. My bad. I looked at the sheet wrong here. So that's actually pretty crazy there, Sam. You have Ohio making a run. Ohio and BG in the final, still an Ohio rivalry uh, in in Cleveland. How do you see that one playing out? Man, I I see I see a tough matchup, Bowling Green, Ohio. I'm not gonna look at what they played in the regular season matchup. It's going out the window. The logic goes out the window in March, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do with my heart. Justin Turner in the running, probably for MAC Player of the Year. Probably gonna get first team All MAC as they're recording this on March 9th. We do not know uh, the first team All MAC on the men's side. I think so. He's probably a first team All MAC. Not sure if he's MAC Player of the Year yet, but I, I gotta roll with him. I, I've seen him just dominate Ball State too many times just to bet against him. I can't. I can't do it against him. He plays well in Muncie. I don't know if he plays well in Cleveland, but we're gonna see. I think. I think he gets this one. I think Justin Turner probably scores like 30 points. Kim, I think he probably scores only 10, but I think they get it done in the end, beating Jason Preston, the the Bobcats. You know what? I think Bowling Green and, and Justin Turner certainly would deserve it. I know it's been 50 odd years since they've been to the NCAA tournament. So uh, that certainly would be well-earned. So um, Sam's going with Bowling Green over Ohio uh, in the, in the conference tournament championship. I'm going with uh, Buffalo over Toledo. I'm, I'm taking the, the Bulls to upset the top seeded Rockets. I just, I keep coming back to it. I know I sound like a broken record, but Buffalo just to me is playing better than anyone in the conference right now. And I think a lot of March is, just comes down to who's playing well at the moment. Uh, Buffalo's won eight of nine, and I think they have the tools to, to take down Toledo in the conference championship game here. So that'll wrap it up here for on the men's side. Sam, anything to add? Anything we didn't talk about? Uh, no, I just want to add, I think Buffalo's the one team that can make, if, if any team was to do it, I think they would make a deep run in uh, March Madness if any team to do it. Toledo obviously has the shooters, but I think Buffalo just has the all-around talent to actually do some damage come uh, tournament time. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So uh, that'll wrap it up for our men's preview here. Men's tournament kicking off on Thursday at 11. And uh, let's go ahead and move into the, the women's side now, Sam. A couple, again, similar uh, to what we said earlier, really good matchups here on the women's side of the fence. 
Uh, let's start with the first game on uh, a Wednesday morning, Sam. We got the number one seed, the surprise of the conference this year, Bowling Green, taking on the eight seed, Eastern Michigan. Uh, these two teams met once earlier in the season, Bowling Green winning 71 to 64. Really curious to see how the Falcons play here in the conference tournament, Sam, after kind of taking everyone by surprise this year. Yeah, I, I agree there. I, th I think for everybody's mindset coming into this tournament, it's Bowling Green versus the field, and I, I think that remains true. While, while number two through eight are pretty similar in their level, I think Bowling Green's just a step above everybody else. So may, maybe it's a little bit different come tournament time, but I, I think this remains true um, into the tournament that Bowling Green has that edge over everybody. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think for Eastern Michigan in this game, you know, this is a team that's that's good, very good defensively. I mean, they're first in the conference in, in points per game allowed, but they're very poor on offense. I mean, as good as they are in you know, points per game allowed, field goal percentage defense, they're first in both of those. They're, they're last in field goal percentage. They're 10th in points per game. They're 12th in three-point field goal percentage. And in the first matchup between these two teams earlier this year, Bowling Green wins 71-64. Eastern Michigan shot 21.7% from three-point line in that game, only 33% from the field overall. If I'm the Eagles, you know, I got Ariana Combs and uh, Sonera Skeins as my top two scorers. Those two are really going to have to show up for the Eagles because points for them sometimes can just be kind of hard to come by. Yeah, I agree. And I, and what what even more impresses me, we know about the offensive side of the ball. I really like Bowling Green on the, the defensive side of the ball. I think the most points they've ever left is 82 or 84 on the season. Bowling Green gets it done not only the offensive side, but they really get it done on the defensive side of the ball, showcasing what they did against uh, Eastern Michigan, their first matchup, only letting them score um, 64 points, forcing 16 turnovers in the game. I like Bowling Green not just because they're offense, but on the defense. So if you're Eastern Michigan, you 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 have to fight through that tough uh, Bowling Green uh, defense. And not only that, if you can hold down your your turnovers against this team, I think you're in really good shape. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And I think with Lexi Fleming and, and, and Katie Hempfling for, for the Falcons leading the way, I don't see the Falcons having too much, too much trouble in this game. Although I will say, I mentioned Sonera Skeins from, um, from Eastern Michigan, 16.4 points per game. She's second in the MAC in rebounds with 11 rebounds a game, and she's third in the MAC in field goal percentage with 49% field goal. So, she, she could have a nice game underneath, and if she really does that, if she has a nice game underneath and Ariana Combs can hit some shots from outside, I could see the Eagles hanging around in this game, but I think we're, we're both in agreement here on this one, Sam. We think uh, Bowling Green uh, should take care of the Eagles here in, uh, in the one-versus-eight matchup. Uh, moving down uh, to our next game on the women's side, number two, uh, the Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Kent State, excuse me, in the four-versus-five matchup here. Uh, this is one I'm I, is going to be a good game here, Sam. Kent State been a little bit up and down this year, uh, this season. But earlier this year, just a couple weeks ago, uh, they did defeat Buffalo 65-62 in their only matchup of the season. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun matchup overall to watch. I think Buffalo is going to go as far as Daisha Fair really allows her to. We haven't really seen many players outside of her really sell up for Buffalo. But Kent State, I like Kent State's overall team. I think. They, they have something potentially brewing there. I think they have a, a couple nice pieces in there, especially with Shoemate in there. I I, I saw in the, the MAC teams, I think they had a couple of players, at least in the All-Mentions. So I yeah. think Kent State is definitely getting the respect by uh, the coaches. I think, I think this is a team to potentially watch out for. Yeah, you know, I think this is a kind of – Team, two teams that are built very differently, right? You remember you mentioned Dash Affair for Buffalo. I mean, she really does everything for the Bulls. She leads the team in scoring, in rebounding, and in assists. Uh, she's not near the top of the MAC in most of those categories as well. Other than that, I mean, you have Shan, Shan McEvans, who's averaging 11 points a game. Summer Hemphill's had herself some nice moments. But really, it's, I mean, similar to Akron on the men's side, you know, it's kind of Buffalo goes as Dash Affair goes. And so, you know, that, that can make it a little bit easier to uh, to defend them. I think on Kent State's side of the fence, you mentioned Katie Schmidt and, you know, Neela Blackford. There's a little bit more balance there for the Golden Flashes. I just don't know, um, you know, I, I don't know if they if, if Kent State has anyone that could really handle Deasha Fair. I think on uh, 
a couple weeks ago, whenever Buffalo lost that game to Kent, uh, you know, Buffalo only scored 62 points in that game, which is 12 points below their season average. They had 14 turnovers in that game. They were only one for eight from three point land. So, you know, you played about as bad as you could play in that game and you only lost by three points on the road. I think Buffalo is the better team here even though Kent might be a little bit more balanced. I think this is going to be a good game as evidence. I mean, it's a four or five matchup, but I, I can kind of see buff. I, I give my advantage to the bulls in this one. Okay. That, that's uh, yeah, that, that can definitely happen. So how about we move on now? We have uh, two teams here that um, have had two very interesting matchups so far this season, central Michigan and Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois looked like they might be the best team in the conference there, like end of January, early February. They, they've come back to earth here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've, they've, uh, what, they've lost four of five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four of five for the Huskies, including a loss to this very same Central Michigan team just on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, Sam, this is an interesting one to me. How do you see Central Michigan, Northern Illinois going? Yeah, this is a interesting one, similar to the Ball State Toledo game on the the men's side thing, where they just played in their last matchup. So it's basically a um, not necessarily a back to back, but two games in a row against each other. Northern Illinois surprising a lot of people getting the win, but I think I think to oh sorry, I was looking at the men's side of things. My bad, but. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like Central Michigan in this one. Uh, I, I, I think they have the clear advantage. I think Northern Illinois, while they were hot, like you said, I think they showed over these past few games that they're definitely vulnerable, especially those two losses back to back to back days against Kent State. I, I think Central Michigan um, can can has the clear advantage in this one. Yeah, certainly. I think the first time these two teams played back in uh, back in January, was one of the most surprising results of the season, I think, where this was before Northern Illinois really started their run. I should say this was as their their run at the beginning of the year or the middle of the year was starting. Uh, they blew out the Chippewas 104 to 73 in DeKalb, uh, raced out to a 27 to 12 lead in the first quarter in that game. And, you know, this is a team from Northern Illinois. You know, they, they can score the ball. Shelby Coker averages just over 20 points a game. Aja Davis has been good. She's, you know, giving you a little over 10 a game and eight rebounds as well. This is a team that's good. I just, I think, first of all, that, that first matchup when they, when they put up 104 on Central Michigan, I think that was a little bit of an aberration. Central Michigan has not been great on defense this year, but even still, I mean, 58% from the field for the Huskies in this game, 54% from three-point land. That's not necessarily something – that is, uh, you know, sustainable, even against a team that's not quite as good on defense as Central Michigan might be. I think the, the issue here, uh, and, and I think what will be the difference in this game, is just the firepower of the Chippewas. you got Michaela Kelly and Molly Davis both averaging over 20 points a game for the Chippewas. I don't see Northern Illinois being able to match that. Shelby Coker has been great all year, and so as has Aja Davis. And these are young players that I think – you know, next year at this time, two years from now at this time, the Huskies are going to be a problem to deal with. I think they still have some growing to do, though. I, I agree. And I think for Central Michigan, similar to Akron, you kind of have to be a little bit worried because they've been slumping at times. I mean, you you beat Northern Illinois, you beat Ball State, but then you, you lose uh, Toledo, you lose to Bowling Green. You're, you're not really entering on this tournament in a high note. Yes, you beat Northern Illinois and you beat Ball State two tournament teams, but then you have um, one loss to Lita that's questionable. So they, they've proven that they can lose to Northern Illinois. I think Central Michigan, uh, which I'll say later, still gets it done, but I don't think Central Michigan is, is secure by any means. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, and I think – one last thing I'll say on this game, I think if Northern Illinois is going to win this game, I think the path to success I see for them, they are first in the conference in three-point field goal percentage at 38.4. Central Michigan, 10th uh, in the conference in three-point field goal percentage defense. So if, if the Huskies can get some open looks and knock down some threes at the beginning of this game and build some confidence, I, I could see them hanging around and, and, and pulling out an upset here. So that, that'll certainly be an interesting matchup to watch. And then uh, closing out our, our quarterfinal matchups on the women's side here, Sam, we got your, your Cardinals taking on Ohio in the three versus six game. Uh, this is a, a situation where the road team 
won both of the games in the mat in this uh, matchup this uh, so far this season. How do you see this one playing out on neutral floor? I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I think this all, I think similar to the men's side, I think, I think if Ohio women's uh, is fully healthy with Erica Johnson coming back, I, I don't, there hasn't been any articles I've seen whether, whether she's coming back or not. If she does come back, I, I like Ohio in this one, but Ball State, I think, is getting hot at the right time. Uh, the the game against Central Michigan, they were winning three quarters of the way through before letting it slip in uh, the to get tied to overtime, and then they lost in overtime. I think this Ball State team is getting hot at the right time. I, I really like their chances. Yeah, I agree. Ball State is is playing well right now with um, again only that you know that loss against Central Michigan. They're you know they've won three of their last four. And um, to, to mention so, something else that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on here real quick, Sam, is that um, Erica Johnson, she she did return to the to action this past weekend in that game against Miami. She didn't start. She came off the bench. She only played 20 minutes. Uh, she still scored 11 points and, and had five assists in that game, though. So I think it seems like. I mean, obviously she was healthy enough to, to play. Is she going to be able to start and have her full, full workload back again? I don't know. I agree with you that I think the answer to that question is really going to determine this game. I think if Erica Johnson does play well and, you know, is back to her full strength, I think that not only can Ohio win this game, I think they might win the whole thing if she if she's back because uh, she's that good and this team is that good with her and CC hooks together. Now, on the other side of the fence with Ball State, this is a team that, like you said, first of all, they're playing well right now. Second of all, this is a team that has balance. This is a team that has, you know, we, we love to talk about Oshlin Brown um, on this show, and, and, you know, rightfully so. She's one of the best players in the conference. But there's four other players on this team that average double-digit points. You still have, you know, you got um, Anna Clefane and Sydney Freeman and Essence Booker. I mean, you got a lot of players on this team that can score. And Ohio – uh, defensively, not the best in the conference. I mean, they're seventh in the conference in points per game, 10th in field goal percentage defense. So if Ball State can get some confidence on offense in this game and spread the ball around a little bit, I can certainly see them knocking off the Bobcats. I don't know how likely that is, but I can certainly see it happening. Yeah, I agree. And, and one, one quick thing on the Bobcats, I think it's worth noting, there was a reason why Erica Johnson's CC Hooks were preseason all-MAC first team. There's a reason that they were both in the running to win um, Mac Women's Player of the Year before Erica Johnson got hurt. I think she's still laying on the third team, so credit to her. But there, there's a reason why these two are so dominant. And to your credit, I, I think if she's 100% healthy, you're right. They can go all the way, even beating Bowling Green if they have to. Yeah, certainly. I'm, I'm with you there. And I think that's the thing. I, I think the thing that if I had to pick between Ohio and Bowling Green, I think I would probably pick Ohio only because of the youth on Bowling Green. But again, that's also assuming, uh, like you mentioned, that Erica Johnson is healthy. So uh, let's run back through here, Sam, and, and just give our, our official picks here. I know we, we kind of covered them as we were discussing the games, um, but let's just make sure we're on the same page here. So Bowling Green, Eastern Michigan, I believe you, you went with Eastern Michigan in that one, right? No, I went with Bowling Green as well. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. I'm, I'm all messed up here tonight. So we both had Bowling Green in that first one. And then this, uh, the four five matchup was where we, I think we differed a little bit. I went with Buffalo over Kent. You, you took Kent in that game, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not falling into buying uh, Kent just yet. I think they can get the win in this one. I think Kent State's a little bit more balanced. I'm not so much of a fan of having your, your um, person be the only really majority of your score. The guy you, the person you depend on time after time. I, yeah. I think Daisha Fair can definitely lead this team to one to two to three wins, but she could also help them lose the game. So I think uh, it's basically a coin flip on um, if, if she does or not, but I, I like Kent State. I just have more faith that Kent State's more balanced. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I, I hear that argument for sure. Uh, how about Central Michigan, Northern Illinois? I have Central Michigan in this one. While I do think Central Michigan has its flaws as it's shown over the past four games, I think they can get it done. Northern Illinois, while being hot at one point, uh, especially in that uh, their their first win against Central Michigan, I, I think I just like Central Michigan too too much in this game. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, we we are in agreement on that one. I think that you know Central Michigan, the way they're playing right now, and with Michaela Kelly and Molly Davis. 
Um, I, I see, I, I see them winning a couple games here in the tournament. And then to close out the first round, we had Ohio and Ball State. Uh, who are you going with in this one, Sam? Again, it's a it's a caveat. Um, right now, we don't know if Erica Johnson's starting, so I'm going to roll with what I know. And I'm going to say Ball State gets it done in this one. If Erica Johnson's back, I think Ohio can win this. But I think Ball State gets the the win as as it stands as far as, far as my knowledge. Yeah, cool. And I, I'm going to go with the other side on this one. I'm going to go with Ohio. I think even if Erica Johnson's just coming off the bench, I think that gives them a little bit of a morale boost. So I'll take the Bobcats in this one. Um, so that brings us to our semifinals. So you, Sam, you got Bowling Green and Kent in your first semifinal Ball State and Central Michigan in the second. Uh, who are you going with in Bowling Green versus Kent? I, I like Bowling Green too much, similar to the men's side of things. I, I like um, Bowling Green too much. I think they get it done. I, I have uh, Bowling Green uh, beating Kent State. And then Ball State, Central Michigan. That'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, uh, first matchup, Ball State got it done. Second matchup, Ball State was winning all the way through uh, the third quarter. Uh, let it slip away into overtime. Lost there. I think uh, Ball State has the talent to reach the final. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a Bowling Green Ball State final. Nice. And so my my two semifinals here, I'm going to go with Bowling Green over Buffalo. We are in agreement on Bowling Green. I think the Falcons' uh, run continues to the the, the final. And then I'm going to go with Ohio over Central Michigan. I think, um, I, again, this is me assuming that Erica Johnson's going to continue to, to improve and, and, and play better. And I think with, with you know, CeCe Hooks and Erica Johnson on the floor together, I would take them over Michaela Kelly and Molly Davis. I'm sorry if any Central Michigan fans out there listening, but I think that that's what I would end up doing. So uh, I'm going to, so my final, I have Ohio and Bowling Green. And Sam, you have Ball State and Bowling Green. Who are you going with in that hypothetical final? I'm going with Bowling Green in their one matchup against each other. I uh, Bowling Green beat them 89-55. I think it remains the same. When, when's when's the last time a men's and women's team both won the conference tournament? Uh, it's it's going to happen in my hypothetical uh, bracket. <laughs> but yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, that's I, I that's a good pick and. That would be crazy if, if Bowling Green uh, could could win both this year. I, I don't know how the last time that happened. I can't imagine it's very very often though. So for my uh, my final game here, um, we just so Ohio. You just heard uh, uh, Sam. I should say just took uh, Bowling Green over Kent. I'm gonna go with Ohio over Bowling Green here. And the only reason I say that is as great of a season that that Bowling Green has had and as great as uh, a job as uh, coach Robin Freilich is doing there at Bowling Green. I just, I'm going to go with the, the experience over, over youth here, um, you know, Bowling Green's roster and, and the, the, the players that have really kind of driven them all year are, you know, freshmen and sophomores. Whereas you got, you got CC hooks and Erica Johnson, these upperclassmen for Ohio that I really feel like are going to kind of put them over the top here and, and, and get them back to, to March. So I'm going to go with Ohio over Bowling Green in my final, and then Sam having um, Bowling Green over Ball State. I think all things considered, Sam, both men's side of the fence and the women's side, I mean, we got some really good matchups here to look forward to over the next couple of days, some really good teams, and I'm just excited to see how this is all going to play out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, no matter whether you agree with our picks or hate our picks or whatnot, uh, it's going to be a fun tournament to watch. I think I think uh, both on the men's and women's side of things, we're going to see a lot of close matchups. Maybe the Buffalo-Miami will be a lot closer than we expect. Who, who, who really knows it's March? Um, I've been watching a bunch of conference tournaments, uh, whether it's the Big South, whatever, ACC is currently on. It's been, it's been a blast, so I hope the same has come. It would be what would it be? It would be tomorrow that it starts. So we're on the women's side of things. So yeah, starting tomorrow until March 13th, we have a lot of um, action to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. I said it before at the beginning of the show and I'll say it again. Now it is a great time of the year to be a basketball fan. One of the best times of the year to be a sports fan in general. So we did this, this is a special episode here this week uh, coming out earlier in the week and really just focused exclusively on the conference tournaments. Um, just in the interest of, of time. And, you know, we know everyone has a lot going on. You know, we know there was some news that came down from the Mac this week. 
We didn't forget about it. We're not ignoring it. We'll cover all that next week. We wanted to really got, give you guys a deep dive on the conference tournament here this week and, and um, all the, give all of our matchups and our opinions and what we're looking forward to seeing. Um, so we'll get back to the news. We'll have all that stuff for you next week with next week's episode, which will re be released on Friday as usual. We hope you guys enjoyed this special episode. We hope you guys enjoy the conference tournament. Uh, hopefully you get a chance to watch a ton of hoops here over the next couple of days. Sam, any final thoughts for, uh, for the people out there that anyone, uh, you know, any, any final things to send them off? Uh, not really. I say just, just enjoy it. Cause last year showed it can be gone in an instant. So enjoy the moment, whether we get to the semifinals, whether we get to the max championship before they have to declare, apparently Toledo, the regular season champion is our automatic qualifier. Who knows? <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your games. If you win, if you lose, oh, well, at least we had some games and Hey, Credit to all the conferences for getting to this point. I don't think we would have as many games or even really a full season as we did. It wasn't a normal season. We didn't get to see all the teams face each other twice, but it is what it is. We got the games going. It, it was We probably had probably more of a percentage of games than the football games, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would I would say that's probably accurate. And, and yeah, that was all. That was very well said, Sam. I think... You know, the tournament this time of year is something always I just kind of took for granted. I never would have imagined that they were, they were going to take it away last year. And they did. So I'm certainly going to appreciate it just a little bit more this year and savor it just a little bit more. So um, that has this is uh, the Mid-American Bandwagon podcast. That was episode 36. Thank you, everyone, for stopping by. Enjoy the conference tournaments. We'll be here to, uh, to talk about them more with you next week. We hope everyone has a great rest of your week and a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday.